Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, an unconventional podcast for the unconventional music lover, brought to you by Music on the Move Studios, a woman-led company working to help musicians move their careers forward through education and live events. I'm your host, Katie Thompson, and welcome to the show today. I know this is a little bit different. You're not used to seeing my face, but I felt for this episode, it was important that I do video for the intro. So here we are. And welcome to the studio. So today's episode, I am featuring a hero of mine. And throughout this whole intro, I'm going to do my best not to get emotional, but I'm not going to promise anything. So on today's show, I'm featuring Crystal Bowersox. She is another Ohio native, and she was on American Idol season nine. And ever since American Idol, my family and I, we have followed her career extensively and uh, I actually I got to see her perform at the Columbus Pride Fest one year, and uh, but that was the that was the first and only time that I had actually witnessed Crystal perform until about a week ago. And so, needless to say, super big fan. You know, I I bought Farmer's Daughter when it came out, and I've loved that album ever since. I love the way that she writes. I I love how real she is in her storytelling and. All of her songs are stories that can be related to by anybody. You know, it doesn't matter exactly what what your path in life is. You can relate to pretty much anything she has written. And this new album that she's released called Hitchhiker, wow, it is it is incredibly powerful. And the storytelling is just it's unmatched. You know, I mean, she's she's real. And she's honest. And that is probably, the, for me, that's the biggest draw. Is that exactly who she was in her living room when we recorded this interview. Is exactly who she was on stage a week ago. And I love that. I think it's incredibly important that people see just exactly, you know, these artists that we revere. They're just people too, right? They're just getting through life like the rest of us. So... I have to say that when I saw her at Natalie's a week ago, I was with my mother and my two sisters, and we were completely in awestruck. It was one of those experiences where it, it, it was almost like, <laughs> it was almost just kind of like holding communion with a group of people, you know? We were, we were all together in this room having the same experience. Everybody had tears in their eyes at one point, multiple points. I know I definitely did, especially during the um, during the medley that she did. And I just remember thinking, I haven't I haven't had very many of those experiences with watching an artist on a stage. The only other time that I can think of that I felt that kind of connection was when I saw Brandy Carlisle perform on her pin drop tour. So it was just her and the twins, completely acoustic. And I was about a foot away from them. And that's exactly what it felt like in that room with Crystal and all of those people. We we were so close and we were all just engaged. And so that that concert is something I will never forget. It was a beautiful moment. And then... God bless Crystal's heart. At the end of her singing Bobby McGee, she had everybody start singing with her. And then my sister was sitting in the front row 
like right there, like right next to Crystal. And Leslie, because she's got a beautiful voice, she started singing in harmony and Crystal pulled her up on stage and they sang together. And to get to witness that moment for my sister, for my mother, who is a major fan of Crystal's, it was, it was breathtaking. It was just breathtaking. And we, my entire family, we will always be grateful for that entire experience. So I also thought that it was important to come on and do this face-to-face intro with you because... May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and it is also the month that we celebrate mothers. And for anybody who is struggling with mental health, I hope this episode shows you that you are not alone, because Crystal talks very much about mental health. It's very important to her. And she also talks about motherhood, which is also very, very important to her, especially as she is now bringing her niece into her home after the passing of her sister. So this one goes out to all of the mothers and goes out to anybody that is struggling currently or has struggled with mental health problems. You're not alone. We're here with you and we stand with you. And I hope that this song that I'm about to play for you gives you some fire and gives you some strength because every time I listen to it, it absolutely does that for me. It helps me find my power when I feel like I've lost it. So this song is called The Storm. And I hope it means something to you like it does to me. You hear that thunder Go inside Angry wind Is mighty frightening The hail come down Go run and hide Welcome to Paradox Jukebox, everybody. I'm your host, Katie Thompson, and with me today, I have Crystal Bowersox. That's me! It is so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for, for doing this. I know a lot of our, our fans, especially the Ohio fans, are very excited about this. So. O-H-I-O. You get it. <laughs> and who day? Sorry, Bengals. We know you lost, but we were rooting for you. Honestly, I didn't even know. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not a sports gal, but sorry, Ohio. No, it's okay. It's okay. It was, it was a tough game. It was, they, they played well, but eh, in the end. So, um, so originally an Ohio girl. But now you're living in Nashville. So how long have you been in Nashville? Yeah, so I grew up in Northwest Ohio in the Toledo area, like Sandusky, Port Clinton, Cedar Point. I know you understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) Not everyone does. We're a select few. Um, I have been in Nashville for about six years, and I've been in in this home for about four. Uh, My cat's about to jump from the tree. We'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, That looks like it could be bad. 
Uh, <laughs> let's pause for just a second. Sure. There you go. You got a landing pad. Um, <laughs> um, so I've been here in this house for about four years, and, and I love the community here. It's really supportive, um, especially women supporting women in this industry. You know, sometimes we have to speak up a little louder. So true. It's uh, it's been been good i made a record here back in 2019 uh billy harvey produced it and we had an amazing team of people come together so i finally made a nashville record yay that's awesome that's fantastic well congratulations on that thank you so um tell me about this upcoming show with steve that you've got going on i know you're really stoked about it yeah so um one of my very first influences was jewel and back then, you know, I just recorded what I heard on the radio. It couldn't afford to buy CDs or whatever. And so I had no idea that co-writing or was a thing or that like there were songwriters behind the artist. I just I assumed that the artist was the person writing the song. And so that's kind of how I became that sort of artist. Um, but of course, now I'm all the wiser. Cat. <laughs> she's she's going to knock your camera over. It's good. It's good. It's, it'll be all right. Um, she's a troublemaker. No, really. All right. I'm sorry. That's okay. my small zoo here. Don't worry about it. No problem. <sighs> Girl. All right. <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, <laughs> we were talking about your performance with Steve. Yes. Yeah, so Steve Poltz is the co-writer on Jewel's song, You Were Meant For Me. We all know. And um, he's like, he's just somebody who I've always really admired. And I got to have lunch with him a couple years back. And uh, he talked about his sobriety, which is also something that is really important in my life. And um, just all in all, he's a wonderful storyteller. He has always been supportive of, of me and what I do. And um, pre pandemic, he had asked me to open for him at City Winery. And um, unfortunately, that didn't happen. It got pushed and pushed. And I wasn't sure if it was going to happen at all, but he reached back out. So Steve Poltz is, is releasing new music, and, and I'm honored to join him on stage. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, being such a massive fan, that's kind of like a surreal moment. It's going to be cool. Every time I see him, he's like, hey, Crystal! <laughs> I mean, you know how Steve is. He's, he's a character, and we love him. That's awesome. Well, congrats. Um, so, okay, let's, let's talk about the arc, you know, up in Ann Arbor, yep. right? So kind of close to home. So tell me what it's like playing at the Ark. The Ark is such an amazing room. I mean, people who go to the Ark understand that it's a listening space. Mm -hmm. They're very respectful, um, but they also hoot and holler when they're supposed to. <laughs> so um, I love playing at the Ark. And, and the staff there, they've always been really good to me. And um, if anyone's ever seen the backstage, just the, the, the names on the wall back there are it's it'll it'll humble you it'll yeah. it'll put you right into your place in perspective of of what what space you're sharing you know um i've always loved playing there and i i'm looking forward to getting back there cool are there any places in nashville that have kind of had that same vibe for you like i mean i i, I stepped on the opry stage before mm. into the circle and that was a pretty surreal moment and i was invited into the circle by vince gill himself wow. and uh, that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, everywhere here in Nashville, I mean, there's so many stories of, of, of legends and greats just hanging out in different bars and, and clubs. Of course, I don't frequent bars and clubs. I don't really go out very much. Sure. Um, but, uh, but even here in my home, I've, you know, I've had songwriting legends, Steve Seskin, he's a good friend of mine. And, 
um, and a lot of other folks here. So wow. everywhere you go, you can throw a rock. I think uh, Randall Curry, he's uh, Brad Paisley's steel player. He used to live right across the street. You can wow. throw a stone <laughs> and hit incredible talent. <laughs> it's true. It's absolutely true. And a lot of the a lot of the venues in Nashville are just they're like exit in for example oh yeah you know the going back in the green room there and there's just you know there's anybody from the red hot chili peppers to brandy carlisle that's amazing yeah oh yeah yeah so and i know you're a brandy fan i'm a big brandy fan yeah, yeah. she's awesome same so um i would i just i have to know like if you had the like a favorite brandy carlisle song What's it going to be? Because oh, I'm a massive fan too, so I always have to ask this question. I'm gonna I'm gonna flunk my Brandy fandom here and <laughs> and fuck up the title. But there's one about werewolves, um, and as a mother, mm-hmm. that song really hits me. You know, because yeah. um, it's it's impossible for anyone to be perfect all the time, even though we try as moms. And you know that put the silver bullet in my gun if it, you know the lyrics of that song just it makes me cry yeah so i'm not a mother but i am an aunt <laughs> aunties i am i'm an aunt and i'm a very active aunt um so i i love that you know you chose that song and you're actually about to write a children's book um right? well i wrote something at breakfast the other morning and i shared it on my tiktok and um i never really i guess i don't realize how many people watch my tiktok but <laughs> um i i would like to venture into that i you know we've had a bit of a family crisis around christmas time and i lost my sister and um i'll be caring for my niece piper and i'm really thinking of all of the ways that i can raise this young woman up to be a confident strong bold woman Mm -hmm. and also to introduce her to my lifestyle because it's so it's just not a a real it's not a normal lifestyle you know there's a lot of traveling there's a lot of time away and um, my own son you know it's all he's ever known so this is you know people who work nine to fives are strange to him Um, (laughs) so I just I want to I want to empower her in every possible way I can as a woman walking through this world that's beautiful thank you and there aren't enough books about like single moms or you know just moms who are literally rocking it and and pulling all the weight and that's something that I do and um I just want her to know that she's wildly capable that is amazing you know when I saw that on your TikTok I the first thing I did was actually send it to my sister who's also a single mom Mm -hmm. and and I said this is written literally about you (laughs) this is your life this yeah. is your life. This is Crystal's life. This It's so many women out there that are going through exactly what the both of you are going through, you know, yeah. and you're, but you're so powerful and you're just literally taking life by the balls and saying, this is how we do it. That's right. You know, watch me. Yeah. Watch me. I am, um, you know, I've, I've been someone in the past who has kind of rolled over and had been quiet and, you know, um, not naming names or any of that stuff. And I've reached a point in my life where um, I'm just sick of it. I'm really sick of it. And, you know, I don't, no one has ever called me a classy woman. I'll tell you, (laughs) I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks and that's okay. Um, So I'm not really too concerned about, um, about people saying, well, that's classless to talk about this or that, you know, and it's like, there's never been anything that's been off topic for me. And, Mm. um, you know, and, and every single mother is a rock star mom. 
um, the words in that little poem I wrote, you know, I think that they, they resonate with mothers in, in high level professions and careers. And they also resonate with, with the mom who, who works the fast food industry. I mean, it's, um, moms, women, aunties, you know, we carry the weight of the world and black women, especially. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like, um, you know, it's, it's just time that people really understand that. And, um, I personally would love to move toward a more matriarchal society. Amen. <laughs> Put Amen. the women in charge. Yes. We'll get shit done. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so many conversations that my business partner, Aaron and I have center around the fact, you know, if a woman, if a woman did this, it would have been better. It, it could have been better. It could have been this. It could have been that. And yeah. so well, it could have been different. Yes. You know, and no, no hate to all the good men out there in the world because Lord knows we need you. Um, but the good men of the world also understand that when you do put a woman in charge, you know, things are done differently. Hey, that's my amp. Oh, no, no. Stop no. it, kitty. <laughs> She's a troublemaker. This- oh goodness! <laughs> She's a troublemaker. Huh? She's maybe precious. I, maybe I'm a troublemaker. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, though. Like when when women are in charge, things get done differently. And I'm not a man hater at all. And I, you know, for everybody that's listening, please understand that's not what I meant. Um, but there's it, it has a different vibe when there's a woman in charge. Yes. And, and there are plenty of men out there who definitely support women. I don't feel that there's always enough, mm-hmm. especially in our industry. Yeah. You know, so it's, it is high time that there's more seats at the table for women. And, yeah, absolutely. And it's important that all of our strong women be completely and unapologetically honest. That's right. So you can say that you're not, you know that you've never been called classy. I think that's class right there. <laughs> Thank you. There's nothing wrong with being honest and there's nothing wrong with asking for what you want. Yes, and also admitting faults, you know, that yeah. that is part of honesty because no one in this world is perfect, but if you can own up to it, there she goes again. <laughs> she's she's uh <laughs> I'm sorry. She just wants to be a part of the interview too. Hey, that's okay. Kitten, come here. Come here. Do you need to be a lap girl right now? Come here. Stop it. Come here. Come here. Come here, you bite. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just, um, you were saying, you know, we're, we're, we're treading on the territory of, of not all men, you know, um, and that's its own whole other thing. But um, I definitely have a lot of respect for, for the men who realize that it's okay to take a back seat to the woman in your life and... And just appreciate everything that she she does, you know. I don't think, you know, at least the men that I have been with don't really fully understand all of the the different hats that we wear and um, the intensity of the responsibility and and the weight that we carry. Right. Yep. <laughs> all right. I'm throwing I, her over the fence. <laughs> Come here. Come here. I know. Come here. Who are you hiding? Sorry. No, you're fine. No problem. Go on, girl. All right. So in in talking about being unapologetic and honest, let's talk about the storm. Yes. Okay. So (sighs) the storm, you know, I wrote the song with Marty Dodson. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the male Marty Dotson. There are two here in Nashville. Yep. <laughs> Marty with an I and Marty with a Y. Um, Marty Dodson and I were working together on a theatrical show that I have called Trauma Queen, where I am processing everything that's happened in my life. I've been through quite a bit, as we all have. And um, we wrote this song that I didn't really feel like it fit into that show. Um, and so I I decided to put it on the record. And um, the band really, really brought it to life. Um, it's a song about uh, a sexual assault that happened to me, but I didn't, instead of just making it about my experience, I wanted to open it up to to women everywhere, and not just women, because men often get forgotten in these conversations we have too. Um, anyone who has been violated in that way, um, it's really the Weinsteins of the world, the Epsteins, it's all of these people in places of power that abuse that power. And victims are often told, you know, that they're crazy or to be quiet or all of these things. And it, it's so, it's so vile to ever tell a victim to just get over it. And the, the, the pain, the violation that comes with that kind of abuse is something that um, no one should ever have to endure alone. So we recorded the song um, and then in post, I wanted big vocals in the background, right? And I, I put out an open invitation on Facebook. Any Anyone, any woman were, were welcome to come. And uh, I think it was about 35 women showed up. And we just have this big chorus of, you know, oh, oh, oh we are the storm. And at the end of the session, we were at Sound Emporium Studios in, in room A, which is a huge, beautiful live room. I just had the idea of... I heard voices at the end of this song for the outro. And I also didn't want to put any of the women who showed up for that session in a position where they would be uncomfortable. But I asked if, if, if everyone was willing to share a part of their me too story, a part of something that was said to them. Um, and you know, everybody got quiet, a little uncomfortable. And I said, here's how we're going to, remain anonymous in doing this and billy harvey he's an amazing man he's one of the one of the real good ones he um had the idea to set up one microphone and we all stood in a giant circle and every time we would pass around this mic you know it's like he told me to, you know you just whisper part of your story there she is oh wait no this is the other one um <laughs> So every time a woman passed by the microphone, she would whisper or tell a little part of her story. And um, at the end of this, we went around maybe four or five times. And at the end, we were all in tears. There was hugging. It was, um, it was such a powerful moment of, of creating a community of people and supporting one another. Um, and when I heard the final product, it really, like, it moved me. Yeah. It really moved me. So we do not have to suffer alone, and we most definitely do not have to suffer in silence. And the shame that any victim of this kind of abuse feels, just I want, I want them to remember, it's not your shame to carry. It is not your guilt to carry. Give it back to your abuser. It's not yours. Yeah. Powerful. Wow. Super powerful words. And you know, thank you for, for having the courage to put this song out. 
Ugh. and to help other women find their voice yeah. through it because they will. They will find their voice through this. I hope so. That's the whole point. And everything that I do, I want to try to find a way uh, to help someone else and maybe you know somebody else doesn't even realize what's going on in their life. And um, that is why I'm so open and why I share what I do. Yeah. Well, and, you know, everybody who's been through some kind of trauma knows that sometimes it doesn't actually surface until years later. Yeah. And unburying some of that deep-seated trauma is really painful and it's scary. Mm -hmm. But when there are other women around you going, I've got you, take my hand, I can help you through this, that's when really, like, big change can happen. Absolutely. And that's a beautiful thing. Yep. And it's the same in, in, in my sobriety journey as well. You know, um, part of that is, is sharing what we've done, what we've done wrong, what we, you know, how we feel. It's important that we, we talk to one another, um, so that we don't feel alone in what we're going through. And, um, you know, and the, the body does store this stuff and we have to find ways to release it. Yeah. Well, and you've always been a big proponent of releasing a lot of that pain through your music. You yes. know, you, you do a very good job about expressing that pain and working through that pain in your music. I have to. Yeah. Um, and that started really early on for me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I picked up a guitar around age 10 and I grew up in uh, an abusive home. And, you know, it's, uh, it was really one of the only ways that I got through my teen years and then into my 20s and, you know, even still poetry, art, creative endeavors. I mean, this, this is how I, this is how I I get it out. And, uh, you know, (laughs) an ex just recently called me, you're a breakup artist. And I said, well, why'd you break up with me? (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, I got to process my pain and this is how I do it. Um, and you don't get to tell someone else how to process their pain. You just don't. So don't, you know, if you don't want people to talk shit, don't do shitty shit. Just don't. It's literally that easy. It's that easy. (laughs) (laughs) My sister always says that the best songs are written about the shittiest people. Yeah. And I have to agree. It's balance. We we need we need shitty people, too, I guess. Yes, (laughs) it is. It's there's balance there. We we need those people so that we have the songs that we have. Yeah. And I I very strongly believe that that no no person on this earth is 100 percent good or evil i think that we are all varying degrees of that mm-hmm. um and there's shades of gray um you know all this or all that kind of thinking has never really helped anyone mm-hmm. uh superlatives really don't serve anything um you can you know a narcissist has wonderful qualities to them they're very charming and charismatic and they'll make you feel like a million bucks um but they also have the darkness and the abuse and and really that all stems from their own pain and their own trauma too so mm-hmm. You know, we're not all good. We're not all bad. She's back. But no matter no matter what, people are always responsible for their own actions and their own behaviors. So there's that. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important that that we take the time to realize that and that, you know, even like you said, with, you know, a narcissist having, you know, good qualities and bad qualities, there's no light without the dark ever. Right. And it's just, you know, what we choose to act on. And in some cases, you know, choosing to not allow yourself to take in the guilt of an abuser, Mm -hmm. that is a hard choice to make. It is. And it's, um, you know, I've been learning a lot about this recently because um, it's something that I've been enduring. Um, 
you know, I really was under the spell of, of someone recently and like you just kind of, you just lose sight of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I see myself as a very strong, empowered woman, but somehow I was taking 100% of the blame in this relationship for the way that I was being treated. And, and of course, now after some time away from this, this person, like it just, you start to understand how it works chemically Mm -hmm. in the body, in the brain. There's something called a trauma bond, you know, it's the highs and the lows. And, you know, even though the person who's inflicting the pain upon you, like is it's the same person who also is like making you feel better. Mm -hmm. So the brain literally blocks out the negative thing that they did and only remembers the heroic thing that they did. Um, and I didn't even realize that that was what was going on. Wow. Um, so I'm just glad that I was, I had enough self-awareness and had been through similar behaviors, um, you know, enough to know, to notice the signs and, and to see like, oh no, this is happening again in my life. What is it within me that that is gravitating to people like this? What do I need to fix within myself? What inner child wound is there? I'm going to go write a song about that. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, okay, so the next song that I wanted to ask you about was actually the first track, The Loneliness. Yes. And I think that kind of ties in a little bit to, you know, realizing, okay, wait a minute, there's, there's a problem here. Yeah. You know? So yeah. can you talk about that song? Absolutely. Um, we mentioned accountability earlier yeah. and that the loneliness is really about asking ourselves those questions, you know, like this this emptiness that I feel inside, where is it coming from? Um, and also when we feel like we have to walk through it all alone, you know, it's no nobody gets there on their own. That's why the whole album is called Hitchhiker because we need each other. We need community and we need to know that we're not alone. Um, you know, I want to tell you how I feel, but I can't even tell myself. It's that, that confused state of just seeking one's higher self. Mm -hmm. What does your higher self say to you on, on a daily basis? Has your higher self ever rescued you from a situation where you and your waking life are just like, I don't know what's going on, but your higher self is screaming. Here's what you need to do. Um, you know, like pouring poured it down the sink. Uh, for me, giving up alcohol was was a really important step for me to be able to listen to that voice of my higher self. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad I, I did that. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Keep your hands to yourself, show a little respect, because Mother Nature don't forgive and she won't forgive. It won't matter if years go by The wind blowing up and accusation Makes a black cloud cover up your gold blue sky She looked so hot that you just had to kiss her She said no, but it fueled the fire Ain't no better way to put it to your mister This hurricane stronger than your desire We
We have good days. We have bad days. Um, but all we have is today. Right. And I think we often, we forget that, you know. I believe that all pain and suffering, mental anguish, comes from ruminating on the past, longing for it, and also worrying about a future that has not presented itself yet. Mm -hmm. And there's absolutely no way to know. So when we can come back into our bodies and be present in a moment and remind ourselves, like, okay, I have air in my lungs. I have the ground beneath my feet, you know. No matter what situation you're in, what hardships you're enduring in the present moment, unless, of course, you're literally under attack in that in that moment, <laughs> you know, um, you know, you're it's going to be it is OK. Not it's going to be OK because that's the future. But like right now, I'm OK. Um, and if right now you're not OK, then <laughs> try to be OK. <laughs> go, go somewhere else. Leave that situation. Right. But I. I appreciate you putting out there for for people to understand that it is okay not to be okay. Yes. And nobody should just expect you to put a smile on their on your face because it makes them comfortable. Right. You know, that in and of itself is totally not okay at all. Right. It's uh it might be hard to make some friends sometimes though. You go to the cash register and and they're like, "How you doing?" and you're like, "Well, <laughs> let me just tell you. <laughs> let me tell you." Um, but but yeah, it is and people do need to there's a stigma um uh with seeking mental help and we all need to do that. I think therapy is a wonderful thing and um but but yet still there's you know, some people, maybe in the older generations, you know, I don't need any help. I'll get through this tough shit, kid. You know, mm-hmm. that mentality really keeps us from from growing. True. So got to reach out. It's it's the smart thing to do. Absolutely. And it's the life saving thing to do in a lot of circumstances. Yes, it so. absolutely is. And even, you know, like right now, I, I'm not OK. I mean, I'm OK. I'm OK. But I told you a little bit about yeah. what's happening right now. Yeah. And I feel that in my body. I feel that energy. And, um, you know, but I'm going to call up a good friend. I'm going to talk to my therapist. I'm going to play some music and, mm-hmm. and just remind myself that no one else in the world determines my value except for me. A fucking men. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And so many people need to hear that. And they need to take that in and, and really accept that. For sure. And I also want to just note, like, I, I do, I'm speaking from a place of, of privilege, and that does not escape me. Like, no matter how much trauma I've been through in my life, I'm still, I'm, I am where I am right now. I'm a white woman walking through this world, and I've been very, very blessed. And, um, you know, that doesn't escape me. So, um, you know, it's apples and oranges. You can't compare traumas and things like that we all experience it the way we do you whether you drown in five feet of water or 50 feet of water drowning is drowning yeah and um you know i i want to use whatever privilege i do have in this world to to help shine a light on on issues that i think really need need to be illuminated absolutely well to to quote one of the songs on your album, This Little Light of Mine, right? <laughs> I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was, seriously, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful message. And, and it's important because people, especially, you know, coming out of the pandemic, people have been feeling so lonely and, yes. and just isolated. And so by you putting this message out there of like, hey, 
you know, I have trauma, you probably have trauma, you know, let's just, let's just get through it together. Let's hitchhike together. Yeah. Now I'm not always really good at practicing the message and encourage to be kind, well, How, sure. <laughs> you know, but, but that, that song Steve Seskin and I wrote because we were so amazed by the strength that, um, the mother of one of the victims of the, the shooting, um, that's mentioned in the song had where the next day after her child was murdered, she forgave the killer. And I would like to think that I have that Jesus-like quality. Mm-hmm. I fucking don't. <laughs> like, I will beat you with an electric guitar if you fuck with my kid. <laughs> However, I would like to possess that quality. Um, and I do think that I am a kind person, but kind people can really, like, how much can you take right. until you break? Yeah. So the fact that Courage to be Kind exists on the same album as The Storm, which I did, I'm not proud of this, but it, it's a great rock and roll story. I, I did beat my abuser with an electric guitar, um, and he took it like a man, I'll <laughs> say. Um, and I apologized to him the next day, and then he said, you know what, I deserve that. And I said, yes, you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but I, that's, not, that's out of character for me because I, I do try to be kind, and um, nobody's perfect. Right. It's okay not to be okay. It is. This, this, this whole album is like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it every everybody makes mistakes, but you did your best to to apologize, even though you probably did deserve it. You know, the thing is, is, you know, even though it was out of character for you, you're like, you know what? I shouldn't have behaved this way. Not that it wasn't completely wrong. <laughs> you definitely deserved a beating. But, you know, it's I. I we all do. I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, please. We we all do what we need to do in order to feel safe. Yeah. And um, there's fight, flight, fawn, freeze, all those, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, we have to be, we have to show ourselves grace and we have to forgive ourselves quickly and, and we have to learn from these things, be accountable and, and move forward. Yeah. And sometimes we're going to fuck up again and again, but. That's what life is. Life is a journey. And as long as you're always learning, you're doing all right. You're doing yeah. just fine. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I think the next track that I wanted to, to talk a little bit about, um, Love Who You Love. Love Who You Love. Yes. Um, love Who You Love is a song that I co-wrote with my good friend David Lunning, who um, he and I actually co-wrote a couple songs on this record. Mm-hmm. Um Love Who You Love came to me while I was in the shower, as many songs do, and it was really advice for my son, you know, mm-hmm. he was 10 or 11 at the time, and uh, I had this chorus idea, and I, you know, it's just like, we have to, we have to honor ourselves, and, and wherever we are, and some people are like, oh, I, I shouldn't cry, well, if you feel like crying, Damn it, cry. Yeah. Because that means you need to. Yeah. And if you want to dance in the grocery store, just dance. You know, I don't know. Some people will scowl and give somebody who's joyful a dirty look because they themselves do not have the courage to to let themselves feel free. So I, you know, I try not to worry about the, the, the naysaying and um, I just dance. If I feel like dancing, I'm going to dance. Absolutely. Cry if I need to cry. And I want my son to, to realize that too, that it's, it's absolutely okay. To, yeah. to do those things. I've, I've told many friends, like, you know, I mean, half the time you're in Kroger Publix and, like, you know, there's a decent playlist going on. I I don't care. I will dance and I, while I'm grabbing my frozen peas. Heck, yeah. I'm perfectly, 
perfectly fine with that. And nine times out of 10, somebody smiles. Yes. You're bringing joy to others. And if you're not bringing joy to others, well, then they, you know, go on, get happy. Like, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, my son, uh, he's maybe sometimes he rolls his eyes and is like, mom, but I've laughter has always been a really big part of, of his upbringing. Mm -hmm. And when things are hard, we need humor. Um, at least here in this house. So it's, um, I'm trying to think uh, other other parts of the song. There's in the middle of Love Who You Love, there's a voice that speaks. Um, that is the voice of someone who I consider my spiritual mother. Um, my real mother and I haven't always had a, a good relationship. And when I've needed that voice of comfort and reassurance, there's a woman in Alabama and um, she's just, she's really pulled me back from some of the darkest places in my mind mm-hmm. many times. And, um, you know, I had told her that one of these days I was going to record one of our phone conversations and she was like, all right, well, just don't tell me which one, don't tell me what day. And (laughs) she was talking about, um, her view on the world and and how we are suffering as a society as a whole, um, just simply because we're not allowing ourselves to, to fully be present and, and honor the inner child within all of us. Um, you know, drugs and ravaging families and, and, broken homes and all this stuff I really you know I don't mean to oversimplify but but in my brain it is simple to just just love each other yeah just love each other stop trying to control one another you Mm -hmm. know like just just love each other yeah well on your on your TikTok feed you were talking about an experience you had in a grocery store and there's a, a woman who is talking about how you know her uh, her son was now trans. Yes. And I just love your response. Love them anyway. Love them anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, um, we, we make ourselves ill when we are trying to deny our perfect, our perfect nature. Yeah. You know, um, as long as you're not causing harm to anyone, be you yeah it's you know and this this mother seemed really distraught because obviously she was processing this big change in her child's life and she just kind of looked around at everyone in the store and assumed that everybody would would feel the way she did and Mm -hmm. I just spoke my mind in that moment love him anyway yeah love him anyway my son no matter who he decides to be um, or who he doesn't have a choice and who he just is Mm -hmm. I will support him 100% in in anything that he does yeah well, and I think that's the biggest message of love that you could ever give to a child. Unconditionality. Absolutely. Yep. Love was very conditional growing up for me, and that in turn has caused issues for me, you know. Um, and if I, oh, if only if, if only I love someone more or in a different way or give gifts or do this, then maybe they'll love me, you know. And that comes from a parent not truly loving their child unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Love is it, it should never be conditional no. when it comes to your child. I agree. Okay, again, not a mom, but <laughs> I, I your look, niece, your nephew. Yeah, exactly. My both my nephews. They they could never do anything that would ever turn me away from them. I'll, I will always be there. There you go. You know, I was very very fortunate and privileged that I grew up in a very loving home. My parents are wonderful people, and they, you know, they raised each of us girls with a lot of love. And so I do everything I can in my relationships to give that back. That's awesome. 
It always makes me really happy to hear when, when people have had that experience in this world. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm very fortunate, very blessed. I have two older sisters that I don't know what I would do without, <laughs> you know, the, the three of us are just literally thick as thieves. And, and I think it's important, especially when, you know, people have had that kind of upbringing to put it back out in the world because you were given a gift and you need to keep that gift ongoing. Absolutely. No, and that's awesome. Keep spreading it. Exactly. So, well, thank you for, for, you know, number one, thank you for <laughs> what you said to that woman. Cause hopefully, hopefully it changed her perspective and gave her something different to think about. But thank you for writing that song and just being like this, this is how the world really should be. Yeah. Cause not enough of those messages are getting put out there. Yeah. yeah. And you know, um, my view of the world and the way it should be, it's, that's the way it should be for, for us, for, for my little, my little family, my little neck of the woods. And yeah. there's a lot of should be's out there. And, sure. um, but, uh, I, I, I like that you, you know, just keep, keep shining the light, keep shining kindness. Yeah. So I wanted to, uh, definitely talk about the title track hitchhiker. Yes. And I wanted to ask you, how did you come up with the, like the story scape for this because you paint a very vivid picture it's from experience it was it based on a true story then yes yeah, so oh my god there's <laughs> i tell the story at my live shows um so i had to do one of the longest drives of my career and it was from nashville to seattle in four days i had to get there and I'm I'm a badass mother trucker, so I do a lot of driving. I can easily do 16 hours, no problem. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm getting a little older, so I slow down a little. <laughs> but um, somewhere in Utah, there was a man on the side of the road, and he looked disheveled. He looked dehydrated. Um, and, you know, everything in the world says, young solo female traveler shall not pick up older, <laughs> disheveled-looking, hitchhiking man. Um but something spoke within me or from above and said, this person needs help. Um, and it would have been easier to pass him up had we not made eye contact. Sure. So like we locked eyes and I was like, oh, fuck, now I have to, you know. <laughs> and um, uh, the way I tell it at stories or at shows is, you know, Sarah McLaughlin started singing in my head and it was <laughs> in the arms of the ASPCA commercial, you know, the crying puppy. Um, so I wanted to be smart about doing a perceivably dumb thing i pulled over and i took the keys out of the ignition um didn't want him jumping in and leave me there mm -hmm. and um i met him out behind the trailer and i took my knife off my belt and i started cleaning the dirt out from under my nails with, <laughs> with my knife and like shine in the sun you know just and he's so excited that somebody has stopped because there really wasn't a lot of traffic on this this road and he's running, he's running, he sees the knife and he kind of slows down a little bit. <laughs> and um, he's like, hey, I'm just looking for a ride, ma'am. And, um, you know, I sized him up. This is this is how I size up potential boyfriends, too. It's so sad. This is a trauma response, 100%. But if, if they look like I can't beat them up, I'm not going to be with them. Um, <laughs> so I sized this guy up and I was like, yeah, I can take him if I need to. Um, so he gets in the van and I give him some water, some food, whatever I had. He's, he's very, very grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, and I noticed things about him quickly. His shoes were torn open. I could see his toes and they were beat to a bloody hell. Mm -hmm. He'd been walking for a long time and, um, you know, 
I could tell. And he didn't, he never once complained about any pain. Um, so there once was like, this guy has some pride. Um, and then we're driving along, carrying on. He's telling me these amazing stories. He said that he was on the Canadian Olympic hockey team. I, I don't know if that is a thing, if an, like a U.S. citizen can do that. But either way, even if all of his stories were bullshit, uh-huh. it, was a, it was good company for the ride. He said that he was a session drummer for Bob Seger at one point in his life. Wow. He said that he had become a preacher and had his own congregation and church. And then in another chapter in his life, he found himself on a beach using pages from his Bible to start a fire to stay warm. And the contrast was just like mind blowing for me. I was like, this this guy's full of stories. He's he was maybe in his like mid sixties, and um, that there's a lot of time to live. Um, and I asked him if there was anything in his life that he would go back and change, and he really put good thought into it, and he said that he would have trusted people more. And so I asked him, of course, because I like making strangers uncomfortable. I talk about feelings. <laughs> I said, well, why didn't you trust people? And he said that when he was 11 years old, that he was put into the foster care system and his family never got their shit together and came back for him. So he aged out and had been living this transient life ever since. And my son was about that age at the time. And I just really couldn't... Um, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom that. So I take him as far as I can take him. And then when I dropped him off, he gave me a big hug. Um, and he said, well, I hope I see you again someday. And reality is we'll never see each other again. Sure. Um, and I said, we probably won't, sir, but I'm going to write a song about you. And I hope that you hear it someday. So he's out there somewhere. Um, his name's Daniel. That's all I know about him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was somewhere in the Northwest when I dropped him off. So wow. Hitchhiker's a real story. And David Lunning and I co-wrote that song. Um, he has a very, like, John Prine feel to his writing. And that was exactly what the song needed. So, Wow. There you go. That is a beautiful story. <laughs> it's a long one at the show. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure the audience appreciates it, though. Well, I hope so. Well, Crystal, I am just... I'm so grateful to have been able to sit here in your home. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for making the trip. It it was my pleasure. Absolutely. So thank you so very much for for talking about your music and your new album. And I'm just, I'm excited to see where it goes for you. But um, I want to know from you, what's next for you? What's next for me? Um, You know, um, family. Just family is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever opportunities come my way career-wise, cool. Um, I've got a lot of songs swimming around up here that need to be recorded, so I imagine there will be another record, Um, you know. But my priorities really, truly are just it's raising my family Mm -hmm. and and trying to be a good friend, Um, you know. I'm going to get by. I'll be okay. I, I don't love... I don't love politics in this industry and frankly, I don't, I don't care to play them. Mm -hmm. So I will, I don't know. We'll see unless there's a label that is okay with who I am and, and you know, I'm just going to remain independent and keep doing it. I have an amazing loyal fan base and they've been incredible, especially through what's going on um, in my life. They've, you know, They've done so much for me, and I just want to keep rolling with that. You know, as long as they'll show up to shows, I'll keep playing them. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being on our show today. Thanks for taking the time. We are the
Sanders. thank everybody for tuning into this episode. It was incredibly special to me, and I think it's the perfect way to kick off the month of May to celebrate our mothers in the world who are absolute rock star superheroes. And and it's also, I think, a, a perfect way to really shed light on Mental Health Awareness Month. So, Crystal, thank you for being open. Thank you for sharing you know, deep things about your story. And thank you so very much for inviting me into your home to do this interview and to just sit down with me and and talk about this incredible record that you have created. And I just, I wish all of the best for you and your career and your son and your niece. I think that you are, you are the epitome of strength. So thank you again for, for being on our show. So links will be in the show notes. You can click them and go download Crystal's album, Hitchhiker. I suggest you do that. Share it with everybody. Everybody needs bits and pieces and literally the entirety of this record. I needed this record as a whole, but I know that there there are going to be some songs that really touch the people in your life. So give them a little gift and send it to them. So thanks again, Crystal. Thank you, everybody. Happy Mother's Day month. And... Just remember, if you're a person that is struggling with mental health or if you're struggling with domestic abuse problems, there is help available to you. It, the hardest part is just having the courage to outstretch your hand and ask for help. But it is there. So take care of yourselves, hug your moms, and we'll see you next episode.